What's up, podcast listeners? It's your boy, Matt Baxter, here on another great episode of the Matt Baxter Show. My apologies in advance. I've got a little uh, little, little sniffle, right? So if I sound like I'm totally uh, choked up, I, I get super emotional this time of year. Uh, it has to do with the cold and the, the snot and all the disgusting stuff that runs out. Um, but with that being said, I did this sweet podcast with this amazing person called Holly Haynes, and we dive in. And one of my favorite things about this episode in particular is by nature, she started talking about purpose and passion and calling. And she talks about, you know, when you're seeking your purpose, um, that means, you know, it's it acting as if it's like lost, right? And so she just has this amazing way of, of diving into this discussion and one that's very near and dear to my heart. So I, um, you know, Holly, number one, I, I, I just want to say thank you to who you are and thank you to the amazing person uh, that you are, but also, you know, thank you for the impact that you've had on the world. I can tell, you know, just on the simple podcast, uh, uh, the, the impact that you have on people, the impact that you have on those closest to you and those globally um, is, is uh, just amazing. So I hope all my listeners enjoy this episode as much as I did. And Holly, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Holly, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Yes, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. We were doing a little smack talking pre-show and uh, I'm very jealous that you're in Ocala, Florida in horse country. So I, I think that's awesome. It is awesome. I had no idea this was horse country when I came in, but I'm going to tell you the rolling hills and the trees with the moss hanging from them. It's just a magical place. It's magical. <laughs> I'm a beach girl. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go to central Florida. I'm not going to go <laughs> Florida. You know, but um, wow, what an incredible place God has given here. <laughs> it's uh, it's a special place, and then you're not that far from the beach, fortunately, so you can make a quick drive and be there. So I'm I, I'm excited to hear more about you. I've been really fired up about this podcast. So Holly, just what's your story? Who are you? You know, give me a little background on on on, on who Holly is. Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, but I actually am a first and foremost a believer in Christ Jesus. And I, you know, grew up a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. Don't hold that against me. Um, <laughs> it's always good to be a PK. That's the preacher's kids. We say that was better than the DKs. That's the deacon's kids. Um, but I, I literally have been... Um, raised five children in my life. I have seven grandchildren now. I, at the age of 27, became a home builder in a man's world and ended up building houses and development as a GC for um, 30 plus years. And it's just taken me on a very, very interesting journey. Um, I do a lot of podcasts and a lot of women's conferences, and they have me speak on two things. One, uh, being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur on how to make money as a Proverbs 31 woman um, with buying and selling a lot of real estate. And number two, um, literally, uh, <laughs> basically how to uh, pivot at any age in your life um, for your passion and purpose. You know, Matt, it's very interesting because people say all the time, like, I just don't know what my purpose is. That's the, that's the number one question I get is, Holly, how do we know? Why do I know what my purpose is? And I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, finding your purpose makes it sound like it's lost, you know, like you've misplaced it, um, like it's somewhere like out of reach. But in truth, your purpose is all around you. 
You know, if it's out of reach, that's, I tell women all the time, if it's out of reach, that's because it's out of your consciousness. So in other words, Matt, it's like, it's likely crowded out by busyness, stuff, mind numbing activities, you know, along with what you allow the enemy to convince you of yourself. So, you know, to have a purpose in life is to fulfill a calling or engage in a mission. And so, um, you know, people sometimes think purpose is a feeling, but honestly, it's not. It's action driven by passion. So that's the fire that's in our bones, you know. So I tell people, you know, all the time that whatever God put in you, you know, probably at a really young age that you lose sleep over or you get up so excited about or you can't wait to do um, is probably something that, you know, is a big passion for you. So that's what I have done, you know, in the second half of, of my career. I've pivoted um, a couple of times uh, majorly. And this last time I pivoted to CEO the last four years of um, Faith-Based Counselor Training Institute, which has been my father's school for the last 30 years. And it's, you know, trained 23,000 students worldwide all over the globe on how to be um, crisis chaplains and also restorative therapists. So um, it's been a real interesting four years because I've gone from, you know, three furniture stores and building houses to completely shifting in my career. And in my late 50s, that's something that women, you know, tend to be skittish about and afraid about. But I try to tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if you're 70 or 80 and God calls you to pivot, he'll make a way for it. So I love it. Um, first off, uh, we share uh, something very similar in faith, which is, uh, which is amazing. Um, so I, it, you know, I'm, it, it, the, the whole conversation related to purpose and passion, certainly I'm not going to say changes, but it does change a little bit when you add the element of faith to that, because, you know, certainly people, you know, the conversation around purpose and passion and their calling and, you know, what that looks like just in kind of the worldly view. Uh, I'm not going to say there aren't, you know, very purposeful and driven things that of, are of this world and are, you know, even good things. But when you add the layer of kind of behind that, that's faith, I, I think it kind of changes the perspective of everything that we do. So for one, I think that's awesome. Number two, you said late fifties, I had you pegged about 25 or 26. So I don't, I don't know about that, but <laughs> um, this, <laughs> so, you know, for, for a couple of things I want to, a couple of things I want to dive into with you, you know, dive into is, you know, you started, you mentioned obviously having, uh, you know, a, a business related to real estate and, and building houses. So like, was that, you know, when you were in the midst of that, uh, you know, were you filled? Were you joyful? Were you, were you having fun, making money? Like what, walk me through that. And then obviously you transitioned out and what, what did that look like? And obviously whatever you, excuse me, feel comfortable sharing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because my background is I went to college on a full drama scholarship. So I was headed to Hollywood. So it, it's very interesting how, you know, early in life I pivoted, I happened to get married and have a child um, early on. And that kind of shifted my whole thinking early on. And, and then I ended up, you know, with five children. And when the last one went to kindergarten, I was basically bored. And I tell people this all the time. They say, Holly, this is like legally blonde. Did you just wake up one morning and decide to go to law school? You know, because that's really the way I got into building houses. Um, 
we had built, um, my husband and I had built, he was a pediatric dentist and we had built a, you know, home on three acres and all of my friends, I was 27 at the time and they were having a horrible experience with their builders. And I couldn't understand why I was like, this is not rocket science. So, um, I ended up doing a spec house when I was 27, my very first house and the guy builders, of course, I was in a total man's world. This was in East Texas. Um, and I, uh, the men builders just thought I was absolutely crazy. It was literally a half million dollar spec home. But at that time I felt like, you know, women know what women need in the homes. You know, the men are working, the women are taking care of the kids. So I really catered to that aspect and ended up having two families fight over it and selling it way more than the asking price. And so from that point, I've ended up, you know, doing hundreds and hundreds of, of homes and subdivisions. And, um, you know, it was a 15 year big career in East Texas. And right at the height of my career, um, I had just been named uh, the top female home builder in the state of Texas by Southern Living Magazine. And they had done a huge article on me. And I don't say that to toot my horn. I say that because right at the height of my career, um, I was going through a 18 year divorce and I was burying my mother um, from breast cancer, who was my best friend at the age of 60. And so I did a really big pivot at that time. And, and, you know, I tell people, you know, even at the height of your career, when it looks like you are where you're supposed to be, God can change those things in an instant. And he, and he did with me, I decided to make a major move. I picked up and moved to a, um, a ski resort uh, called Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and um, have lived, have had a home there ever since. Um, just just recently in the last few weeks have sold it um, because we're on the road full time now. But um, I, I pivoted at that moment and God just really did some incredible things in my life. I ended up, um, you know, leaving my 10,000 member um, Baptist church where we taught Sunday school and finding a little church on the edge of town that just really nurtured me back to life. And uh, it was just an amazing experience um, with the Lord at that time in my life. And so to fast forward, I had a few furniture stores in um, Steamboats, uh, maintained doing real estate and buying and selling and doing a lot of design work for restaurants, commercial, residential, and that whole area. And then I just decided that the kids were grown and I wanted to go to the ocean. And so I ended up living in Central America for three years in a little uh, um, beautiful place called Belize um, on Ambergris Key. And I opened my own real estate firm and design firm there. And I was there about three years. I had just built a restaurant, which I said I would never do. Um, <laughs> Yes. I feel like I feel like every every entrepreneur that I know that has a lot of different ventures, everything they say is like, you know what, restaurants the last thing I'm going to do, but I opened one. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I opened a Southern Diner right there on the beach. It was uh, called Kay's Diner, named after my mother because she loved the '50s. And the crazy thing is, I opened the restaurant in a foreign country that did not know what grits and biscuits were, or gravy and chicken fried steak. Chicken fried steak had to be flown in every day because we were on a small island. 
and the restaurant was doing fabulous. Everything was going really well. Um, and I will share this really quick. Um, my father, who is 81 now and had the school faith-based counselor training Institute, um, he was the pioneer. He, he passed the bill 2481 in the state of Texas with Bush for um, the counselors uh, training to be able to, the faith-based community to be able to um, counsel and put up their shingle and things like that versus just the licensed practitioners. So it was a huge open door in the state of Texas in 97. And then it's gone, you know, uh, United States from that point on, but he was, he was big in that. And so, um, he's authored over a hundred books and is very well known. And he got called in on nine 11. He was the head chaplain of nine 11 and set up all the counseling for the victims families. And he was there 24 hours after it happened and for almost one year to the date. So, um, the last 20 years he has been through eight rounds of chemo and radiation due to nine 11. And I got a call in Belize. Um, this has been almost four years ago at this point. And, you know, I thought my life was just clicking right along. It was going great and had about six million in listings for real estate, contracts on the book for some home builds there. And again, the restaurant was only six months at that time. And I'm doing very well. And my neighbor called, my dad's neighbor called and said, your dad is not taking the chemo very well this time. Well, dad had been telling me he was. And so I knew at that point that at daddy's age, there's no way that I could run a restaurant in a foreign country and be there for him. And I knew he needed me there. So I put the restaurant up for sale. Um, God brought a buyer within 10 days, which is unheard of. And I gave away all my stuff and just basically got my dog and left Belize. And little did I know it, I was a little angry at God at the time because I was like, you know, it takes, you know, in a foreign country, it had taken me three years to get permits, to get documents, to get the things needed for business and you, to open your own business. It was a huge process. So I was just like, God, I don't understand this. I don't know what you're doing. And little did I know that was in November and I had no idea that, you know, March the 13th, the pandemic was right around the corner. And we all know that there was no planes landing in on that island or taking off from that point on. It was grounded. And so the majority of restaurants, of course, went under business on that island. And um, God had just he had just brought me out, even though I didn't understand at the time Um so I'd gotten to my dad's house um, in Temple, Texas, and he had actually been laying on the floor about 24 hours. He was not able to get up. He was 78 at the time. And so I went into motion um, for the next couple of months to get him through this last round of chemo and radiation and sell his house. And I moved him. I still had my home in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. So I moved him up there to a retirement home and they actually put him in hospice and gave him two months to live. And so we just prepared for that and two months came and went and uh, three months. And I finally said, dad, if you're going to live, then what do you want to do with, what is your passion dad at 78? <laughs> and so he said, you know, Holly, I just do not want my school and my material to die in a box. So from that point, Matt, dad had always 
gone globally to teach these classes, his courses. I mean, he had been to China with, you know, 6,000 people in China. He had been to Hong Kong. He'd just been all, he had traveled all over the world um, for this, his school. And so I set out for the next few years to do something I had no idea how to do um, at my age. And that was literally to put his courses on digital format online for anybody to take in their own place at their own pace anywhere in the world. So they can actually go online now, take the course to become a restorative therapist or a crisis chaplain or a chemical dependency uh, therapist or anger management therapist, and they can actually get their certification online. So it was a big process. I didn't expect to pivot at that age in my life from such, you know, being on the ocean and scuba diving every day and selling, you know, the dream to being back in um, Colorado with my dad and um, becoming CEO eventually of, you know, FBCTI. I say that's a lot of, a lot of letters there, but I have to tell you, Matt, it's been the most incredible journey. Um, and people all over the world are just absolutely thrilled that it is back online and they're able to, um, you know, be an alumni and they can counsel on our website if they want to. We help them if they want to open their own practice to do that. So it's been an, it's been an interesting. So I, I get asked to speak a lot. And that's what I told you, mainly because um, there's no matter what age. I tell people my dad is 81 now. He is four years cancer free after being put into hospice and given two months to live. And his story is just phenomenal. So I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter what age you are. When God is done with you, he's done. But until then, we're to occupy. You know, that's a military term is to occupy. And so um, I think it's so important. Um, they had me speak um, at a women's conference not long ago to a group of 30-year-olds. And, and the, the premise of it was is they felt like they were all washed up. And I mean, of course, I have kids in their 30s. My kids are in their 30s and early 40s. And I'm like, who would think they're washed up in their 30s? <laughs> I was about to say, I just turned 29 last week. And that's uh, people feel washed up. I'm like, I think I think I got a little bit more time left. <laughs> yes, but these are women that are in that age bracket that, you know, may have started a career and they yeah. just unsatisfied. And so, so it's so important. I mean, you know, this, even being 29, my youngest son is just turned 30, so I can relate. And I'll have a Matthew too, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, that That's a, that's a good name. He must, he must be a winner for sure. He's definitely <laughs> a gift from God because we know that means, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that, um, you know, even the young at this point are, um, really, really finding a passion. You know, I think the pandemic hit a lot of people pretty hard with reality. And I think a lot of people have um, issues today, some with, you know, trust factors, whether it's our government or, or where we're headed. But we all know the bottom line. You know, we, we all, we've already won at this. So um, to occupy and be passionate about something you're doing is, you know, I tell people when God pivots you, then he makes 
the way for that. He doesn't pivot you and go, oh, you just figure it out. You know, that doesn't happen. So, um, you know, Proverbs 16, 9 says, you know, a man's mind plans his way, but it's the Lord that directs his steps and establishes them. So, um, you know, we can make plans all day long, but, you know, it's ultimately the Lord who's placed those passions in you. So I love that you're doing a podcast on passion and purpose because, you know, for, for you to, you know, be 29 and that's a big subject to you is, is fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and, and kind of, I mean, in a, in my, my own world, I have found that the seasons of life that I'm settling on in comfortable, everything's going great. You know, I, I feel like I'm on top of the world, quote unquote, that's usually when God smacks me with something like. Not, not bad, but like a challenge to be like, all right, I need you to step out and go do this. And there are plenty of times I have walked away from that challenge. And there are, you know, the, the few times I've been like, all right, God, I'll, I'll hear what you're saying. And then flip side of that, I feel like when I'm like struggling the most or like, so, you know, in my startup, we've raised, you know, we've raised some money. Um, we're scaling up, you know, it's, it's a, you know, typical kind of software story in, 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 a, in a really cool space. And I've had plenty of stressful days of, are we going to make payroll and things like that? And it's like, obviously, you know, you got to work hard and you got to, you know, grow a business and you got to, you know, do the diligence that things require. But, but I feel like every time that I'm like at the wits ends, that's usually when God's like, all right, I got something better for you. Let's take another step. And so it's yeah. just, it's, it's cool to hear your story of like, you know, when, when you mentioned, uh, you know, things were going good with the restaurant, you were having some success and all of a sudden God's like, mm, I got something else you need to pay attention to. And it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing how that works. And, you know, I, I'm sure you could, probably relate to this a little bit. Uh, in a world of being a business owner, you sort of develop a validation from the world that you're pretty good at controlling things. And <laughs> dare I say, I might be a bit of a control freak. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but yeah. usually God does a pretty good job of saying, all right, once you sort of start playing God in your own life, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that and push that. And sometimes, you know, yeah. hip check you way out of that too. So I, I, I just, I appreciate your honesty. And also I, I just want to say like kudos to you for, for taking those leaps and hearing what he's saying. Probably not always easy too. So. Yeah. I love what you said because it is, yes, you know, I'm a type A personality and that's, but I also think that as an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs are, you know, that's just your typical, um, you know, you, you're the control, the things. And I don't necessarily know that it's, so much being, you know, this control driven as it is being driven. Mm -hmm. I've been very driven in my life and I'm very, that's what made me a good home builder. I was very detailed. So in a, in a, in a business like that, even in, you know, this in software too, you are definitely a detailed person. So, um, you know, that's one of the things when, um, you know, when God calls us to certain things, like, like I tell people all the time, and you know this, Matt, if you didn't like software, you didn't like doing those things, there's no way you could go and grind like you do. Because for me, if I didn't enjoy the design aspect and building of the homes, and if it was something I didn't enjoy, there's no way I could build you a house that you wanted to live in, you know? So I think for us, like you, you, there's so many people that when I speak in these conferences that are, I call rut stuck because they're just stuck in this nine to five or eight to five 
because they've been there, you know, for so long, they don't know how to pivot and they're fearful to pivot. But, you know, as well as I do, um, being 29 in software, when you jump off and you take that leap, those those rewards are what's in your heart. That's what's passion. That's what drives you to get up in the morning. If not, you wouldn't be a good software developer. <laughs> yeah. And well, I will, I will give the caveat. Um, I am the dumbest person on our team because I'm actually not the software developer. I'm just the idea guy. <laughs> so I can't take credit for the brilliant people on my team, but I will say that like, I, I definitely have a bit of the, you know, control. Like I'm, I think drive has always been my thing. So I, I had a landscaping company throughout middle school, high school and college and and then launch this business now. And so I've, I've always been a very driven person, but the whole, the whole piece on control, it's such a fine line between like, you know, do I do it? Do I inspire other people to do it? Is it, you know, do it right yourself sort of thing? Or is it, you know, you got to, if you're scaling up a company, you got to start to let go in certain areas. And what's the difference between my own will and got, you know, trusting and being faith. It's just a, it's a, it's a fine line and it's a fun balance. And that's, you know, I, I'm excited to spend a lifetime, you know, chasing and figuring that out. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I love that because the same with me with I'm the creative part of the building business, but my team, my crew that I had was the detail people, just like your software people. So, yep. you know, even at that, yeah, we have to learn where to release and where to hold on. And that's a big thing. You know, I have... I have five P's that I tell everybody are super, super important keys. And the first one is prayer, because I don't think that you can go far without prayer. You know, you have to have that intimate relationship to say, God, what do you want? I mean, you know, I have kids and if they didn't tell me what they want for Christmas and they probably get a bunch of crap they didn't want. You know what I'm saying? Because they have to tell me and be specific on what they want. And then the next one is the P is promise, because you know, you have to stand on the promises of God because he says to us, you know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope in a future, you know? So those things are God's promises. And so you have to stand on that. And then, um, you know, again, purpose, you know, that's purpose is your goals and your legacy. What is your purpose? We're all put here for a purpose. We're not put here just randomly. We all have a job to do. We all have something inside us. It's that's our legacy. And then the fourth is passion because, you know, you, you have, you have to have the passion shut up in your bones or you can't do something. You know, if I, again, if you didn't like what you do, there's no way you just be miserable getting up and doing it every day. And then number five, and you, you probably can guess this one, this is persistence because, you know, God calls us to be excellent at what we do. And so the persistence is, you know, about just staying the task when you, when you just see that God is dealing with you, you know, and, and you have to be persistent, you know, it says, it says in Titus two, seven, you know, whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So, you know, I mean, God gave us his son. I mean, that's the ultimate, you know, I have sons. I can't even imagine um, doing that. So, I mean, our work is to be given to him. So, yeah, I think that's awesome that, um, you know, you show yourself in all respects to be, a, you know, good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity. And in return, I think that you just will be blessed. And I think God will definitely show your passion and your purpose along the way. I, um, I got to I got to double click on the whole concept around like you got to be loving what you're doing. I mean, I, I, I think it, 
entrepreneurship, the first off, the word in general, I think is both underhyped and overhyped, right? I think so many people want to be an entrepreneur and, you know, that's great, but like it, it, entrepreneurship is a trip. And I don't always mean that in a good way. Like it beats the absolute snot out of you in ways that you can't even like predict. Like hey, I- Come on. That's so right. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like I have had some of the greatest days of my life followed up by immediate turn reaction of stamping out fires right away. And yes. of course, when it rains, it pours in both ways. When things are going well, typically winning keeps winning. And when you're losing, you typically keep losing. And there's seasons of both and you can't, you can't, you can't predict it. And it just is what it is. And it's one, like, I, I, I have, I have learned that like, there's been seasons of a lot of money in the bank and there's been seasons of not a lot of money in the bank too. So screw the money. I mean, obviously you want to do it to make money. Right. But at the same time, like if you're not loving the way that you're making money, it gets, it beats the snot out of you in a hurry. And Absolutely. Absolutely. so I, I just, I, I just had to echo. Cause I, I, I couldn't like, I have, I have gone through. So like I mentioned, we, we've raised some investments and, and taken on angel investing and we've had some really cool, exciting moments and we've had some really scary, this sucks, the world's falling apart moments. And it's like both, you just got, you just got to, you got to weather. And that goes to your last, the last point that you mentioned is like, I, you know, I, I, one skill set that I think I have above most is I'm just an absolute cockroach. Like, I just like, I, I just will kind of figure it out and keep going and it's not going to look pretty, but it's survival. And sometimes that's like what it is and persistence. And if you just keep going, keep going, keep going and believing what you're, what you're doing, it's going to work out in some way, shape or form, probably not how you expect it. And I think God has this pretty cool way of making it 10 times better than what you expected. And that doesn't always mean zero zeros in the bank account. But anyway, so I just, I just want to echo both, both points of what you, what you've been saying. I love it. I totally wholeheartedly agree. And I, you know, I've never been um, a money driven on my decisions and I think that is, that's a big deal because I think that that just flows. I think when you're doing something you love, I think the, the, that the Lord blesses you and, and those seasons of dryness, those are our growing seasons. Those are our learning seasons. And there's a lot of places we can't go without being in the valley. You know, you can't always be on the mountaintop. I mean, it just, that's not a growing place. That's the fun place. That's the awesome place, but it's in the valley where we really grow and get to know what we're made of and what God has for us and how much he's there for us, you know, completely. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I cannot agree more. So Holly, for, for you, um, one thing I, I did want to dive a little bit deeper in, like, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the school. So I want to hear, you know, more about kind of the ins and outs of what that looks like. Well, the school, again, is strictly for um, society. It's here to help people. So our school, again, trains people to be, somebody can become a restorative therapist. What is, somebody may ask, what's a restorative therapist? Well, it's basically a Christian counselor. Now, don't get me wrong. We've trained over 10,000 LPs, licensed practitioners that have gone to school. They have PhDs. They have masters in psychology and counseling. And they come to us for the training and the certification for the restorative therapy. Why? Because it's the missing link. And this is what we call the missing link. When you study in school, you, t you learn about the mind and the body, but you don't learn about the spirit. They just do not go into that in the secular uh, arena. 
And so when these counselors come out and they start their practice, you know, a lot of them are Christians. And so they have Christian people they're counseling and they want that missing link on how to do it. So we do that. We teach them through a course. Um, you know, it used to be um, live and in person, but now it's on, on the web and anybody can go to our website and take the course. They go through the program themselves or in we have group settings that go through it and they take an exam at the end and they get a certification. Certification is very well known um, because my dad's school is very well known uh, globally. And so we do a lot of continuing education for um, police departments, fire departments, nurses that need continuing education. And then the second part of our school is we train crisis chaplains. So these are guys that we train in communities that can be, you know, we train churches and groups that want to have their own crisis team. That if somebody's house in the church burns down, somebody commits suicide, somebody is in a you know, um, a car accident, then, you know, once the first responders are gone, I mean, these people need somebody, they're in crisis mode. So it definitely teaches you how to go behind the yellow ribbon in your community, but also how to deal with crisis, you know, Matt, because a lot of us, you know, when you deal with somebody that's just lost a child or you deal with somebody that's house is just burned down, a lot of people do not know what to say. They end up saying the wrong thing. They end up, you know, not saying anything at all, you know, because they don't know what to say. So we train them in every aspect of crisis, what to say. And so um, it's 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 an interesting uh, FBCTI just means faith based counselor training institute. And it is it is, a again, a phenomenal website. We give away so much free stuff. We do have scholarships as well for people. Um, we try to train everybody that wants, has a heart and a passion for the hurting and the lost. And um, we have, uh, my husband and I have actually uh, sold our home. We felt like God was just calling us. We bought an RV. It's actually wrapped for FBCTI um, with our logo, um, um, Changing Lives. And we travel to churches. We were in Texas last week at a uh, a huge church and they are getting a crisis team together. And we're just in the time now, Matt, where people are just experiencing a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of loneliness, and they got a lot of questions and we want the church to be there. You know, I mean, it seems like the media is there with all of their answers, so-called answers and that's <laughs> so much anxiety. <laughs> You're telling me you're telling me the media isn't uh, isn't really out there to encourage people and really bring light to the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 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 that's uh, maybe that's a conversation when we get together on the beach or over a drink or something like that. Correct, <laughs> correct. You know, but, but you watch you watch thirty minutes of that a day, and I I can't I couldn't help but be depressed. No wonder why people are so angsty and depressed. I mean, it's and it's just exactly. a nonstop of just just beat down of just negative news. Yeah. Anyways, we yeah. can rant on that yeah. for a while, but we could. Well. So, so- what our, our school does it it just is here to give hope to the hurting and that's it in a nutshell i love it i love it and uh offline i've got a few few potential connections i'll try to make in that but i'll also make sure to include show notes uh or in, in the show notes i'll make sure to include uh links so that people can check it out and learn more about it too so i i, I think okay. it's amazing um well holly this is this is one of those podcasts that we probably could have go on for like three or four hours and dive 
deep into what it's like to own a restaurant, to starting real estate, to snorkeling and scuba diving. We could go a lot of different directions with it. But um, one, one thing I want to you know ask is like, out of all the businesses you have been a part of, uh, all the lives that you've touched, like what has been an impact that you've loved that you've had on somebody? Or like, let's say at your funeral, uh, a bunch of people are getting around and they're saying, Holly did blank for me in my life. Like what is that impact that either you feel like you have had or like you want people to at least walk away saying that you, you influenced their life on? Well, um, that's a fabulous question because we all think about that, I think, um, at one point in our lives. Um, but I know that I have lived my life um, with faith at the first and foremost of it. I just have that faith. And I think the hope is what um, I give others. And, you know, I, again, I have in my life, I have lost a lot. I've been through um, divorce. I've been through death. And if you live any length of time, we've all got a story. So I don't ever think that my story is any greater than anybody else. I mean, I've been held at gunpoint before. I have been through some some really rough stuff. And I know that at the end of my life, whether it's tomorrow or it's, you know, um, 30, 40 years from now, that that my family will know that, number one, that I've loved them and that I've loved the Lord, and I've always had hope, and hope in a eternal future, an eternal life. And that's the greatest thing that I hope that anybody could ever say that I left them was hope for an eternity um, forever in the kingdom, you know, with Jesus. That's it. That's, that's, that's our goal. That's why, that's what we were purposed for. So, you know, I tell Matt, Matt my, my greatest thing is I can't wait to get to Jesus's feet and lay jewels at his feet. Hmm. And we think that it's our bank account. We think it's our happiness level. We think it's the amount of stuff that Joneses have. And honestly, none of that matters because I've lived in 17,000 square feet. I've had jets. I've had, I've had a lot of stuff in my life and been the most miserable that I could be at times of having those things. So I know that the eternal goal is not those things. It is so far past that. It's the jewels and the crowns that you're going to have that you touch somebody else's life. And, and you're going to lay those at, at the feet of Jesus because your bank account's going to burn up. Your Mercedes is going to burn up. Your whatever it is you hold dear to you is what it's going to be gone. Like it's, it's done. So it's the eternal things that matter. You know, my mom used to say, if it doesn't matter a hundred years from now, it doesn't matter. Well, that's basically everything, you know? So we put so much emphasis on, you know, day to day and, and our accounts and our retirements. And do we have enough and the media, are we going to make it? Do we need to stockpile food? Do we, you know, and all those things are, are great. You need to have common sense about those, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, it's your walk with the Lord. That is the most. So, you know, I, I would hope at my funeral that that would be what people talk about is my walk with the Lord and, and my family and those that I reached around me. I love it. That's so good. Um, and on, I'm sure there's probably some similar overlap, but my favorite question on the planet is what gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, not the alarm clock because I'm in an RV <laughs> <RT> now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm always in a different time zone. I can't figure it out. Exactly. Forget the alarm clock. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Forget it. Um, no, it's usually my boxer that needs to pee. No, I'm just I was about to say, I got a golden retriever and she's not afraid to let me know in the morning when she needs to go out. Yeah, that's it. No, I tell you what gets me up in the morning. What gets me up in the morning is the fact that I know that I know that I know that God has given me another day to live and to uh, make a difference and and just enjoy the day, literally. I mean, that's that's just it. I, I again, I if I can bring hope and I can bring, you know, healing to another heart that's hurting and broken because I've been there and uh, it's not a fun place, then that's that's my passion. My passion is helping hurting women, you know, so. Yeah. I love it. Well, Holly, we'll make sure to include uh, show notes, um, uh, linking people to the school and some of the work that you've done. But for people that want to reach out to you, either learn more, uh, follow along with what you got going on, what's the best way for them either to get in touch or, or just follow follow you and, uh, you know, learn more, learn more about you? Yeah, well, our website is um, www.fbcti.org, and you can reach me. We have a Calendly link on there. You can set up a 15-minute call with me. You can reach me on Facebook. We're on Facebook, FBCTI Facebook. Um, you know, you can reach out to me that way and um, just DM me or send me a message. We always get back. We have a chat session on there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're right there on the web. Everything, is, our website is huge at all. I'm, I'm on quite a few podcasts and we always put the, all the podcasts up there. So, you know, people go on there every week and listen and we have, uh, daddy's books are actually on there as well as Amazon. And, um, we have daddy on there. We have some videos on there and, and we have testimonials from a lot of our students. So it's a great resource. We do a lot of free resources. I actually wrote a book called Finding Your Passion and Purpose, and it's actually free on there. So a lot of resources for people. I love it. I love it. I'll make sure everybody has access to that. Um, Holly, you're an inspiration. And uh, just wanted to say thank you for, uh, if nothing else, uh, you inspired one person. That's one person on this on this podcast, and that's me. So thank you. Uh, this has been amazing. And just wanted to say thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. you got it, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at thematbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.